This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here. All right. Another Olympic trials post-race interview. Really excited to share this conversation with the fourth place finisher in the women's field, Jess McLean. Wow. What an incredible race Jess had at the trials. I could not wait to talk to her. Seeing her finish that race was unbelievable how strong and fluid she looked. Now, this was only Jess's third marathon. She ran the grandma's marathon last summer in 229.25, placing fourth She also ran the Mesa Marathon in 2022. She's going to tell you about that progression and why she decided to even run a marathon. But she is a former 5,000-meter runner. That's what she was most known for. You might know her as Jess Tawn. I told her the name change really threw me off. I didn't recognize McLean, but when I Googled her during the race, Jess Tawn popped up, and I thought, I know who that is. She was an All-American at Stanford as well, and she is now an executive director for Love Up. That is an organization that helps spread love and kindness while supporting the foster care system in Arizona where she lives. She is also a marketing consultant. So she trained for this race all on her own with some training partners who she talks about, Um, but she's not sponsored. She doesn't have a coach and she's really doing things her way, which she talks about in this episode. So she's now your U.S. Olympic marathon team alternate for Paris in 2024. Very exciting. Um, She ran a four-minute PR at the Olympic trials. 225.46 was her time. I'm so excited to share her story with you all. She inspired me, and I know she's going to inspire you as well. Before I let you loose on this conversation, I want to thank Hug for supporting this podcast. This is the most comfortable bra I have ever worn. Also, no inserts. You know how a lot of bras have inserts that get lost or they get crumpled up and you're like halfway through your day and you realize the insert is like crumpled up in your bra? These bras have no inserts and you can wear these bras everywhere. Like I can work out in this bra. You could wear it to the pool. Like you could literally wear it as a bathing suit top if you wanted. You could wear it to a party like under a romper. They're super cute and they are so versatile. Now, most bras are like, you don't throw them in the dryer. You can actually wash these. You can throw them in the washer and dryer. There's no special treatment required. You're gonna wanna check these out. Just go to hug, that's H-U-U-G.co and use the code Lindsay15. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5. That'll get you $15 off any purchase of 110 or more new customers only. Um, This code expires April 30th, 2024. So make sure you get on that now. These bras are amazing and so very comfortable. That's H-U-U-G.co. Use the code Lindsay15, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5. All right, friends, please enjoy my conversation with Jess McLean. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Jess McLean joining us. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's so good to meet you. Y'all, I got our time wrong and she's been sitting here. So, <laughs> so nice. Oh my gosh. I can't believe You're it. Totally fine. You are so fine. Don't even worry. <laughs> um, congratulations on the most amazing, incredible run at the Olympic trials, fourth place. How are you feeling? Oh, thank you. I'm feeling good. Um, Surprisingly, like physically feeling pretty okay. Um, Was able to like roll out of bed without much pain today. So I'll take that as a win. Um, But no, I'm just like so grateful and thankful for all the kind words that have been Mm. shot my way. And it's, it was such a fun weekend. So it's, it's cool that, you know, I didn't get on the plane and it was just over. Like I get to still um, relive it and dissect it. And it's, it's very awesome. Yeah, because I was like, I bet every single person in the running media space is trying to interview you. You probably were the most requested person to be interviewed for oh, me. Man. At least. I that's so funny to me. I don't. I'm like very 
appreciative of that, but I'm like, why? <laughs> um, uh, but no, I think it's, you know, the fourth place finish is always an interesting one because, um, I mean, it's just like the one place off of an Olympic dream. And I get that that's, it can be devastating. Um, and maybe my reaction was different than people would have anticipated it to be. Um, uh-huh. was, was more like celebratory and it was, um, I don't know. You can see those photos at the, at the finish line, which are now like my favorite race photos ever. And you'll look at those and definitely be like, okay, she's like bawling her eyes out. It can't be good. Um, <laughs> but they were definitely like happy tears. I think it was like an overwhelming sense of like the finish line, like ambiance and the vibes and me not realizing how fast I was running. So like, I was just so proud to have run a PR on that day because I know it was, you know, tough and tough conditions and a lot of pressure. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a very neat moment that I'll probably remember for forever. <laughs> you didn't know how fast you were running. No, I was very aware. I would say like the first like 10 K, um, or four miles, I was very in tune with the pace because it was quite quick. Um, and then, you know, I was kind of in no man's land by myself through the half marathon split. And I mean, that clock, it's so big and that's an easy split to really know where you're at in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like not one to be good with like K splits and like the mar- the half is like, okay, I know where I'm at. And I definitely came through in one twelve something. So I was like, okay, that's pretty solid. Um, and, but then after that, it was just all about like getting, you know, that forward momentum, um, and kind of trying to reach back up to the, the front pack. Um, so I wasn't really focused on time and it was all about racing, which is why I've like loved the roads. Um, it's just about competing and like the, the, the little things like taking tangents and like trying to mm. squeeze out as much shade as you can from the course and knowing where the hills are and where the wind is kind of a little tougher. Um, so there's like all these other things to focus on versus just the clock. So I, I always love that. So, but this being your third marathon, like you were thinking about all those things. Yeah, I've had really great coaches um, throughout my whole career that are were very like tactically and technically sound and smart. Um, my high school coach is like one of the smartest people I think I've ever known. Um, his name was Jeff Messer. Um, and I also had another, I had two high school amazing coaches. The other was Dave Van Sickle. Um, but Jeff was always so good at just like hounding tangents into us as high school kids, which is kind of crazy because yeah. usually in high school, it's just like, it's pretty straightforward. Like you just have a simple, you know, perhaps a simple race plan. Um, and then obviously like as you navigate the pro track world, like there's so much strategy to every track session or uh, race rather. So I think you can just apply that thinking to the roads. Um, and there's just so much like navigating the bottle station when you're in a pack. And um, like I was probably shifting places so much that first like 10 miles because I would like try to get out in front of the pack that I was in to get to my bottle first. And there was a lot of that. Like a few of us kept taking the lead as we were heading into bottle stations because it's just easier to be in front and not have to like think about, you know, being in the middle of a pack and grabbing your bottles. And, um, but it was just, it's just so cool because you can't like, um, there's so many things you, you can slip up on, but there's also so much ground, like you can make up for it too. Like so much can happen. Yeah. Did you feel like, you know, everybody's freaking out that you were fourth place (laughs) unsponsored, no coach. I know you've talked about this for like, you've probably retold this story a million times. Did you feel like going into the race though, that like, "Hmm, maybe nobody's talking about me, but I know that I can be (laughs) way up there. Um, no, I was like totally content to fly, um, under the radar. I, um, I love just getting to races and just focusing on that. And, um, it was always fun when I was a part of a brand to have like obligations to be in front of, um, you know, the company I was sponsored by or, uh, media, like that's all so fun and a part Mm. of the, the gig. Um, but I love just showing up like, I don't even think I wore, um, I remember sticking out like a sore thumb because I'm like, oh my God, I'm not even like wearing running clothes. Like I was wearing my jeans and like, um, just, you know, cute shoes. And, um, I'm like, man, I've been out of this, this world and environment for so long. And, 
um, yeah, just, I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it because I, I, I knew what I was capable of and I didn't have any like added pressure on me to talk about it or like post about it or like, yeah, I just kind of ran to what I thought I could. And, um, I think, you know, maybe that might change now. Now there's definitely expectations, but that's the fun, the fun outcome of running well, um, but no, as far as the trials goes, I, I love that I wasn't a part of the conversation. Yeah. I love, I do love watching Clayton throughout the weekend though. Cause he was like giving them so much crap, you know, everybody oh, about yeah. not, not ranking him. And he's like wearing sunglasses on stage and he was such a vibe <laughs> and like giving him so much crap. And I'm like, I was the opposite. I was just like, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here in the technical meeting and like, you know, just get through that and then show up and do what I can. But, um, everybody's different for sure. That's funny though, because he was like the number two seed. Like it didn't yeah. really make sense that people weren't yeah, talking about him that much. So funny. Yeah, for sure. Um, but your name changed threw me off. Yeah. I can't I be the only one that said that, right? <laughs> I actually, so that was part of the reason why I wanted to run a marathon because I, um, just like quick, you know, spark note version, I got married in November of 2021 and then, um, you know, just post COVID. And then we went on a honeymoon to Hawaii, had the holidays. Like it was just, you know, it was a fun time. And then I think it was like the first week or two of January that I was like, you know what? I got like an ad for, for Mesa marathon on my Instagram or something. And I was like, you know what? It'd be so cool to like run a marathon before I turn 30. (laughs) And I kind of miss running. I really miss competing. I like was barely running. Um, I was running like six miles, like three or four times a week for a mm-hmm. while, like leading up to the wedding and and all that. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll like put like try and string like six to seven weeks together and like hop in this thing. And I did. Um, and it was just so fun because I like I didn't pack any gels. Like I had my a sports bra with a pocket for my like phone to listen to music. Oh my gosh. Um, stop for the bathroom, like bought shoes the night before. Cause the ones I ordered didn't come. Like, it was just like this race where I just, I just entered myself and it was just, I, I missed, I missed racing and I'm so glad I did it because I don't know. Um, I, I don't know like what race would have been like the, the gateway drug back into racing. Yeah. It wasn't that one. Um, but that again was like a no pressure thing. I had family come out for that and like surprised me with signs on the course when they had like, there was tons going on that weekend. We have a huge golf tournament here that weekend and all this other stuff. Super Bowl, I think was that. Oh, wow. Or two years. I'm like so out of it. I don't know. 2022. So it'd have been last year, two years ago. Yeah. So that was the weekend. Um, and they all came out and I was like, what? So that was like my first marathon memory and it was so good. Um, but yeah, since then it's just been like small road road races, um, a lot of local things. Like I go to Coronado, San Diego in the summer and do the race there. Did some local races here, did the short Pat Tillman run in April. Um, but it's nice to be back on like the, the scene again with a lot of friendly faces and, and fast, fast faces. (laughs) Are you just like showing up at these local races, just like winning by like minutes? Yeah, but it's, I mean, yes and no. Um, a lot of them, like I'll do with my training group and, uh, you know, they're amazing. And, but as far as like the, yeah, some of them, it's like, <laughs> I'll run with the boys. Like the reason yeah. why I loved running initially was because I was like beating all the boys in the PE mile and just uh-huh. like, it was so fun. And the first race of the season in high school for cross country was always like a co-ed start line. And I loved racing the boys. Cause it's like, you know, you're coming up on them and they're like, Oh no, it's just like this. It's so fun. So it's always great to line up and, and like get to run with the men. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of what I did for a while. And I, I just like had fun, like no pressure. Um, the goal was obviously like to win every single one of them, because if I didn't, I would just be like, okay, why, what's the, (laughs) um, so it's been, it's been interesting, but, uh, but good. So, but the Mesa Marathon, like, did you really not take any fuel? No, I packed like one, I think I packed one, um, gel, like in my sports bra and then like tucked one into like my shorts. And that was like, I took one before the start line. So I had like, I had like one or two for sure, but I did no, like it was, you weren't, it was like, a warm day. Fueled. No, I had no idea what I was doing. Did um, you, were you sick afterwards? 
No, I actually, funny thing, it was my, um, we went to that, the big golf tournament in town, Waste Management Open, and it was my brother's like bachelor party here. And he wanted like the whole family and everybody to come to that. So I literally like got home, showered, <laughs> went to the tournament, and I went like all three days. Like I went, I actually went to the, a concert at the tournament Thursday night, oh my race gosh. Saturday. Yeah, went to the tournament Saturday, went to the tournament Sunday. So it was like fun, but obviously like did everything wrong. So I learned from that. <laughs> okay. So like, but 2.33, did you like, were you kind of like, okay, well I can run a lot faster than that given like these circumstances here. Yeah. My goal was literally to run. I think I wanted to run like 2.50. I wanted to break. Oh my gosh. Sure. And then, um, I went totally backwards, like the last six miles. I think it was the lack of fuel, no water. Sure. I was starting to run like 6.15, six. I remember sprinting in and like running a 6.08 for like, or something for my last mile. Um, but I did, I also like didn't know much about the whole Olympic trials process. And I thought I was like, by the end of it, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to run under the 237, like trial standard. This is amazing. <laughs> and then of course I like, somebody found out it was me or I, maybe I post about it. I posted about it a few days after the fact, like McLean and marathon debut. Um, and Twitter was so quick to be like, she didn't get the standard. Like it wasn't even a certified course. It's too much downhill. I'm like, God, this is why I like didn't <laughs> want to freaking do this in the first place. I'm like, good Lord. Um, and then that just like fired me up. I'm like, you know what? Fine, I'll go get it. Um, and then I trained and did grandma's and that went well and still had room for improvement leaving that race, I knew. So um, yeah, each like, I mean, every marathon will undoubtedly be like a learning experience, I'm sure. So are you sold? Like you're sold on the marathon? Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's so fun. Um, I think my body was meant to train for the marathon. Mm -hmm. I um, The amount of times I got hurt and injured, um, training for like the track and the 10 K and the 5 K. I just like, I really, maybe it's a, a part of like, just not loving it. Um, but I also just think my body wasn't meant to, to train that way. Mm. Um, and I, I definitely like workouts were really hard for me. Like I can't remember workouts. Like I typically you can like remember that in college, I can remember a handful of workouts where I was like, wow, that was a workout that, I just felt so confident after felt like I could have gone like longer. When I think back to like my pro stint on the track, I'm like, I just remember being just like, it was just like knocked down and down and down. I tried so hard. I like clawed through these workouts. It was just so hard. Um, and I always loved the roads. Like once the track season ended, I would like pivot to the roads and I loved it. Like I would do the new Haven 20 K, um, I did the New York mini 10K and the 5K road champs. And I think I just love the roads. I love the spirit of it. Um, I love that it's always about, I mean, obviously sometimes there's time chasing, but like it's so much about competing and it's so great. Um, and I love, I love being a spectator of track now. Like it's so fun to watch. Um, I will watch a track meet like over and over again. I pretty much like whenever they're on NBC, the big ones, I record all of them and I watch them. Um, but yeah, the roads for me is, I think, where I found a home. As far as a marathon, though, um, I don't know, like, how many I would pack into. I mean, obviously, there's only so many you can pack into a year or, like, like how I would go about choosing the next one. I mean, obviously, I will train through August as if I'm, I'm running just mm -hmm. in case that is what happens. Um, and then I would likely want to – to um, take advantage of whatever fitness I have and showcase that somewhere. So whether that's a marathon or a half, I don't know, but I do love the marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So w what is that process? Like when you go, you travel to Paris as the alternate, like, is there a timeline like up to the day before if somebody drops that you would show up at the starting line? So I believe they, d we alternates don't even travel. Oh. Um, I think they did for a little bit, but um, I think it just like, if you look at like the, um, economics of it all. And like, it's, it's probably so expensive to like get all the alternates there, yeah. put us up, like all this stuff. So I get that. Um, I have no idea what, like, if there's a declaration process, like if there's a date 
by which, you know, the three women have to say, yes, I'm going. Or if it's like, hey, it's 100% their spot, obviously their spots, they've earned it. Like we we go no matter what. And then if somebody gets sick, like, I don't know what that looks like. So I'm going to try and seek some guidance on that. <laughs> um, but regardless, I will like obviously be starting a marathon build um, in the worst possible time in Phoenix um, at some point. So um, I'll enjoy like the month of February, probably part of March, and then um, start running again, like April, May, June, July, August. Pro- oh my God. I'll probably start like really training in May, which is like <laughs> so hot. Darcy is so hot here. Um, yeah. Maybe I can work with work to do uh, some like flagstaff time or just get out of the heat here and there. So we'll see. Have you had like, more mainstream media, like not so, um, running focused, like be like this woman just came out of the blue, like people who didn't know your background, that you were a pro runner and you were an all American in college and all that. No, not really. Um, I've gotten like some love on social media, but, uh, in like the local news outlets here, um, there's one that reached out, but no, nothing too crazy. I feel like who deserves that or like the like McKenna, um, Myler who, Oh gosh. Yeah. She had like, a great race. Yeah. Amazing race. Like pregnant 10 months ago. And like now at the Olympic trials getting top 10, like that, that's a story for like good morning America, in my opinion, or something like that. Me, it's just like, it's funny because one of like the, um, taglines from the like media tent was like fastest finisher with a job. And I'm like, well, it's <laughs> Dakota Lindworm is a paralegal and there's plenty of other people here that are <laughs> faster than me. Um, so it's just funny how people are like, uh, like framing it and viewing it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's all fun and great. I think it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I'll <take> yeah. It. <laughs> I have, wa- I've watched McKenna's video that she put together. Like, Oh my gosh. It's so you know good. which one I'm talking about where she's like, yes. running, she's like super pregnant and then it's like yes. her coming out. And that song is like so perfect for that. It's so good. I, man, I'm just going to like save that. And if, mm-hmm. and when that time ever comes for me, I literally, I can't picture myself coming back from that like pregnancy, <laughs> but, um, like maybe TMI, but like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like all these women are giving me so much hope. Um, for that and like even on the track, like El Perrier just had a crazy weekend. Um, I mean, you see Steph Bruce coming back from three kiddos. Um, I mean, Sarah Hall's doing it, Kellen Taylor. I mean, so many women. I could rattle them all off, but yeah, so awesome. Hey everybody, a quick break here to thank Hug for supporting the podcast if you are looking for the best bra ever, the most comfortable, the most versatile, no pad inserts. Their bras are bonded, so no more worrying about your inserts getting lost in the wash or anything like that. Super, super comfortable. Lots of color options. Go to huug.co and use the code Lindsay15, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5 to save $15 off your order of $115 or more. This is a great bra. I know you're going to love it. I'm wearing one right now. So comfortable. That's H-U-U-G.co, hug.co. Use the code Lindsay15. All right, friends, back to the show. Let's talk about the race. What were your expectations at the start line? What did you think? Um, I really, like, a, the least I would want to settle for was top 10. Um for sure. And there was part of me too, where it's like, okay, I paid my way here. Like I want to make up, <laughs> I want to be in the green leaving this. Weekend. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but it's like, that's not really why I'm doing it as I've said, but, um, I, I had this like <clears throat> feeling that top five was definitely within reach if I mm-hmm. ran my own race. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was planning to go out with the lead pack. Um, M kind of said, uh, Sisson in her Sidious podcast that her and Kira had planned to take it out at 222 pace. And I heard some whisperings that it was going to go out fast. Um, didn't know like who was going to take it out or what pace, but you know, I've just heard from a few other racers that, Hey, like I heard it's going to go. So that made me like, really like, once I heard that, I was like, Oh good. Like it's going to string out. You wanted it to be fast. Yes, I I did. I was like, if, if I could get like the uh, like a PR out of it and, um, kind of like test myself. That would be awesome. 
And uh, I really was glad that it would, like, I wanted the, the race to string out early. Um, I wasn't stressed, but I'm like, okay, this two mile loop, like, it's probably going to feel really tight when we get up on the first bottle station. And it's so important to get your everything in early um, and get those glycogen, glycogen stores, like, really, like, start filling them up um, as early in the marathon as you can and developing those throughout the race. Um, so, like, once I got through the first bottle station and realized it was kind of, it was dispersing and I was kind of in this like second group. I was pretty relaxed. I backed off the pace, um, to like high five thirties. Eventually was running like five forties for a little bit. Um, did that freak you out at all? No, because I, at grandma's, I started, I started getting down to like five forty twos and like high five thirties. And I was feeling pretty good there. Um, and felt like I was running really conservatively, like the first 13 to 16 miles. So I knew I had it and I like my training block for grandma's was fine and solid, but I've done like so much more work since then. So I, I had confidence in that. Um, and then, yeah, once I got to halfway, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I, I didn't really focus on the clock and just really like kept my eyes up and tried to get to the next, like I knew somebody would be falling off that lead pack. Mm -hmm. Like there's just no way that wouldn't happen. And I could kind of see in the distance that that was happening. So I, I tried to make my way up slowly but surely. And then once I got to somebody, like, don't don't settle and hang back. Like, keep keep going. Um, and so I just, I just kept doing it. <laughs> and then the last, like, bottle station, I remember grabbing my bottle. And I was just like, man, I, like, it kind of – and I, I know I, I think M was like, I was ready for the race to be over. Like, she was running 222 pace, like, flying – but I was like, man, I, uh, I like don't want this to end because I, I was so excited to get to like that last stretch and like be in the crowds and see my people and like see what I could do the last mile because I have like really also focused on my like speed and having that at the end of long efforts. Um, so I knew that was there. Like once I got my last bottle um, and my legs were still under me, I was like, okay, let's just like let it rip. Um, and it was really fun to, I haven't in a race felt like that in so long. So I really just like savored that moment. So when you like dropped down to your five thirties, five forties and you had lost contact with that main group. Yeah. Cause like when I talked to Dakota, she was like, I did think at one point, like, Oh no, there's the team running away from me. Like, did you I know. feel like, how am I going to get back into contact? No, I don't know why. I just had this like sense of calmness. I was like, I felt so good with the weather. Um, I felt totally okay. Like I never once did I feel like I had to like dump a bottle of water on me. Um, the only times I kind of like got water on myself was when I, all my goos for some, I don't know what, maybe I tore them weird, but like my hands were so sticky every single time. And I'm like, uh, I'm like very OCD and I'm like, I can't have sticky hands. It's not going to work. So I would like kind of like get my hands wet. Um, but I saw a lot of women like pretty quickly into the race, like grabbing, uh, the sponges and putting them in their sports bra and like dumping water on their heads. And like, I'm like, man, I'm like not feeling that Arizona yeah, in you. I think so. Um, so I, I just had a feeling like, Hey, I think I'm going to respond pretty well to this heat. And I think others might not. Mm. Um, and I just, I kind of I, like, I'm not a big gambler. I love Vegas here and there, but I just kind of bet <laughs> on myself. And I said, I was just like, I think at least four people are going to come back to me and that will get me. And I, I wasn't going to like, just ride on that and be like, Oh, I'll get top 10. If I just do what I'm doing and like, let them come to me. Like I was working my way up, um, but was doing it very, very slowly, like chipping away. Um, didn't try to make like a huge shift in pace or like drop a 20 second faster mile until the end. Um, I just kind of did it conservatively and, and didn't expend too much energy, um, up in, until like that last two or three miles. And I was like, okay, there's not much bad there's not many bad things that could happen at this point. Mm. Um, it would have to be like an act of God or like something weird <laughs> to, to take me down now. But um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always that. There's always that person that finishes really well. That was just yes. super patient in the marathon. Yeah. You have yeah. to be patient and you have to like believe that people will come back as you yeah. as you march down and try to get them. I think that's worked for me the last two times. I think it's something that I'll have to like. The next time I run it, if I run a major or like something like that, um, I, I'll have to really like, uh, push myself to not just like stay more in that headspace. like go, yeah. Like see what I can do, 
take a risk. Um, but I think for Orlando, it totally made sense with the weather. And I just saw people on social media like, oh my gosh, I, I tried to like, I'm in marketing, so I can't like go fully <laughs> off. I can't cold turkey it because it's like my job. But oh my gosh, some of the heat training things, I was like, man, I, I would be personally like an overcooked turkey if I did that. Like I mm. couldn't do what half of these people were doing and I'm so impressed. Um, but I kept it as far as the heat training. I just wore, you know, long tights and a long sleeve shirt for some runs. And then once we got like 10 days out, I started doing the steam room for like, I think the hot, the longest I was in there was 26 minutes at, at one point. Um, and that's all, I just did enough to give me confidence um, to say that I did it. Maybe that's like playing mind, ga- mind games on myself, but it seemed to be okay. Um, but yeah, I was pretty mentally uh, like very excited and not tired at all going into last weekend. So I think that helped too. Yeah. And you said you went into it wanting top 10. So like, yeah. Fourth fourth place was like never off the table in your mind. Like the outside no. looking in, we might have all been like, "What? Where did this come from?" But like <laughs> you had you knew this all along. Yeah, I did. But obviously like you don't know how it's going to go. And a lot of the players that dropped out, I would have never guessed. Like and it mm-hmm. it sucks and I'm I'm so like torn for them. Um, but it just goes to show like the marathon can be so brutal. You just ha- you have no idea. And like so many things can happen like with fueling and like GI and um, like you just don't, you literally don't know what your body's going to do and you just hope the stars align and it's so rare when it does. So I think when I got for far along enough in the race to know that they were pretty aligned for me, I was like, okay, like um, take advantage of it, you know? So when you were like getting back, knocking people off, Tell us about that progression and like what that looked like and like what your thought process was when you were passing like Sarah Hall and Carolyn Rotich and all these people that were ahead of you. Yeah, I could, I could kind of tell just by like, like I've been watching these women run forever. Like I've looked up to Sarah, Carolyn, like every, every single one of them, I've watched them race on TV in person. And I think you start to like, you can tell when somebody's form is Mm -hmm. like, kind of starting to break or when somebody's starting to get tired. Um, and I, I was just feeling like I was getting stronger and stronger over that last mile. So I feel like I was just, I didn't even know who I was passing, honestly, like, um, until I, I saw Dakota and I was like, holy crap, I think I'm, and then I heard people saying like, they're in fourth place. Oh my God. But, um, I was just in full, like just tunnel vision. Um, you know, so, some of the, I think I saw Betsy on the back, like, mm-hmm. loop. She had pulled off, and a few of the women, like, when I passed Kira, I definitely was like, oh, crap, like, that's really tough. And then I yeah. saw Nell Rojas step off, and that really sucked. Um, so, like, in that middle in that middle loop, when I those kind of things happened, I was definitely more, like, in tune with that. Um, but I think over the last mile or so, I wasn't really, like, focusing on who I was passing, but kind of just like reading the, the form and like knowing that I was feeling good and, um, just like getting to that turn and then getting to the finish line. (laughs) Yeah. And you said you like wished it was a little bit longer. And Dakota said, if it was a mile longer, she, (laughs) she might've caught me. How does that make you feel? Um, it's fine. Like I, um, I mean, I think if it was longer, it would have played in my cards for sure. Like, yeah. I just think I felt so good. Um, but it wasn't. And it, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, you can hound yourself, like, <laughs> as many ways as you want over, you know, I, I'm not the best at math, but I know that 15 seconds over 26.2 miles is not a lot of seconds per, per mile, not even one that I would have had to run faster to do that. But you can't really think that way because, hey, had I – had I not run the way I did over the first, you know, half of the race, like maybe I wouldn't even be here in this spot. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll think about it, but it's it when I do, it's like I kind of just, you know, slap myself a little bit. I'm like, snap out of it. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you're great. Yeah, like it is what it is. Like you it can't is what it, it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, as the fourth place finisher, when you cross the finish line, what is that like <laughs> to see like the three standing there and yeah. you're like, here I am. I know it. I think, um, well, obviously, like, uh, uh, Fiona and M had finished, like, well ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were already, like, 
you know, doing the flag thing or like getting close to that. Dakota like had just finished. So she was fully in her moment and enjoying it. But when I came across, it was definitely like, I like definitely fell down because I was just like, I was so close, but holy crap, I ran so fast. And I think I was just so overwhelmed with emotions. I didn't want to just like stand up and just like, so I was like, I just need a moment to like, like just be by myself. Um, but then Em and Fiona came right over to me and like mm. got me up. And um, it, that was so cool that they like took that that beat to come over um, during what will be like their moment that they'll never forget. So um, it was great. And then I kind of hung around. I wanted to wait till Des came through because she she's just so great. And I've looked up to her for so long. Um, M Durgan, somebody I've run with mm. for forever. And then when McKenna came across, like, it was just so cool to see, like, and then I got to watch all the emotions happening. So obviously, like, mixed emotions and, and elation. But, um, yeah, it was, like, really cool to be there. Yeah, it's my favorite part is looking at the pictures of people, like, celebrating together, together picking each other yeah. up. Like, oh. who who's the person? Is it your sister or your friend who's who's yelling, like, you're a nothing beast at the end? Oh, <laughs> That's my cousin. Aww. That's my cousin, Kelsey. She's like, oh my gosh, she's a hoot. She's the best ever. Um, she like, fun fact about her, we did like, there was a stint where we had five weddings in my family. So it was mine. Wow. And then um, my brother, my cousin on my mom's side, Kelsey, who's on my dad's side. And then my husband's sister all in one year. Wow. So we did this like family trip to Vegas. We did like a full on like bachelor bachelorette weekend with everybody. And, um, Kelsey actually got up on stage with Shania Twain at her yes, show. Shania like, Twain. Yeah. She was like one of five girls or something who were also getting married. And she like, it was during co- like just after COVID. So they wanted all these girls to like wear a mask and she like kind of slipped hers off <laughs> and had this veil and was like dancing in her seat. And like all the other girls you could tell were just like mortified to be on stage. And she was just like milking it, like dancing and posing. <laughs> So that's Kelsey. She's like amazing. And she's like such a gamer. She shows up for everybody. And when she does, she brings the full energy. So that video literally made me laugh out loud. It was so good. Like the epitome <laughs> of her personality. Like that is who yes. she is. That and is then her, her mom and my dad were um, brother and sister. They were standing and we're like, I get the joke all the time that like my dad and I are like the emotional ones in the family and we're always okay. crying. And so is my aunt Vicky. So it was so good that Kelsey was there to like, like bring us out of like the, oh my God, like, so it was just, it was perfect. It was so funny. They had to be so excited. Like they had they to. They were. And did they so know, how, they knew how fit you were though. Like they knew, had you told them like top 10? Actually, I, I don't think I talked, like my mom is kind of the only one that I talk like track and running mm. with. Um and Connor, my husband, obviously, like, kind of knew what my goals were. But now that I think about it, I don't think I really, like, told the family what my goals were, which is even more, like, amazing that they wanted to come and just be there no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really glad I ran well because I made that very long and pricey trip. <laughs> Not that it <laughs> wouldn't have been worth it, but it helps. More fun. <laughs> yeah, it helps. So, oh, it was just amazing. It was so fun. This podcast is supported by Purina Pro Plan Sport. I know a lot of listeners here like to run with their dogs, have dogs, and there's so much joy you get out of running together. And it all starts with Purina Pro Plan Sport. This is a dog food formulated to fuel your dog's adventures. Pro Plan Sport gives your dog the strength and stamina they need to take on your extraordinary life together. Go to ProPlansport.com to find the right sport formula for your dog. ProPlansport.com. All right, back to the show. Um, I want to hear about your job, though. I want to hear about what you do professionally. Yeah. Your other professional job. (laughs) My other professional job. You're clearly a professional runner. (laughs) I'm the executive director of a nonprofit uh, based here in Arizona, um, and it was started by uh, radio personalities, John Jay and Rich, um, they're on the radio here in Phoenix and a few other markets. Um, and I actually grew up listening to them for like ever, like my, when my mom was driving me to school and they're still doing it. Um, but they started the foundation and it essentially has evolved into really like advocating, um, for foster youth in Arizona. So we do a lot with, um, other local organizations who are pretty mission aligned with us. And then the department of child safety, 
Um, but we act as like a pass-through organization that essentially puts on really great events for foster youth. Um, we have really great partnerships that donate a ton of great, like amazing food for these kids when we have to get them all together to update their adoption photos, um, which essentially could be like a really not so great day. Like they know they're there to get their profile updated. Um, but what we try to do is like make it a really fun day. We'll rent out like the Suns Footprint Center Arena and apply for a grant for that. So we get to bring them in, they get their haircut, they get to shoot hoops on the court with like ex-pro Suns players, um, meet the gorilla. So we like really try to, to make special moments for these kids that they otherwise like wouldn't have. Um, we do events called Fun with the Fuzz programs where we try to bridge the gap between um, foster youth and PD because oftentimes a lot of the interactions with um, local law enforcement are not positive. Like it's, you know, intervention and a, a lot of sad situations in group homes. So we, we do these events where we bring um, like 25 foster youth, a few group homes together with a few off-duty police officers and they like go get breakfast together or they go to the Butterfly Wonderland Museum. Um, and it's like, it's such a, a cool job because I, I feel like I'm in the community and I'm making a difference. Um, I was in corporate for a little bit, like sitting at a desk for a large company and I just, it's not for me. Mm. Um, so I, I slid into the DMs of John Jay on Instagram and I was like, hey, I'm in marketing and I've listened to you guys for forever and I love um, what you're doing. My mom was actually involved in foster youth advocacy for a while um, as a court appointed social advocate for kids in between the, oh, cool. the system and the court system and their families. Um, so I was exposed to it for, you know, a decent amount of time. And then they ended up getting back to me. We had lunch and it worked out. Um, so that's like my main gig. And then they have a second nonprofit that I'm the marketing director of love pup, um, which is, uh, all focused on shelter prevention for, um, dogs in Arizona. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's so great. And then I couple all of that with some marketing consulting, um, for some awesome clients on the side in different industries. So it's, it's like the perfect mesh of everything that I love. Um, and it affords me like the opportunity to run in the morning and like it's hybrid. So I'm at home right now and, um, don't have to like worry about being in the office and, you know, just can kind of think about the running thing too. It fits in. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Were you like, I'm going to have to take the week off for all the interviews I have to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so cute. My boss, um, sent me a text message or maybe she, she like called, or maybe it was in the meeting. She's like, okay, I knew you like ran. Um, <laughs> and we like, we do this uh, pop-up tent for both of our foundations at the Pat Tillman Foundation Run in Phoenix, which is a really big deal here. Um, and I ran there last year and I won it. And they, they definitely got it. They were like, oh, wow, like you won the Pat, like the Pats run, you the whole thing. Um, I think a few men beat me. But like after this, Blake was like, okay, so I think I like get it now. Um, <laughs> you do what, like what you need to do this week. And then this summer, like we'll figure it out. Like, oh my God, like, it's just so cute that they're so supportive. And, um, I'm very lucky because I know, um, a job is a job for a lot of people. And, but this feels like I'm doing good and I'm working with great people. So it's just all, all great. <laughs> they like knew you were a talented runner, but they didn't know the level. It's funny because they actually live on um, one of the loops that I like run on and do workouts on. So they would, she's seen me for a year, like every other week, like running with my training partners. So she knows I'm up like early. Um, but now she's like, okay, like when I, now when I see you, I know what you're doing. It's not like this, <laughs> like, like could be making Olympic team. Um, and they're so supportive. They're like, whatever we need to do, like to help you prep for August, if you need to, like. Yada, yada, yada. So it's been great. Who are your training partners? Um, Julia Griffey, who was oh, a member yeah. of NAZ for a bit. Um, and she moved. She actually, like, I definitely don't want to speak for her, but she shared, um, yeah. you know, her amazing post on Instagram to kind mm -hmm. of give a little bit of insight as to what she's been going through. And she has been going through that, like, long before we met mm -hmm. and has just been the most supportive, amazing friend, like, outside of running. Um, and then opened up to us in November about what she's really going through. And I'm like, Julia, like you've been going through all this and like, 
you've been putting everybody first. Like mm-hmm. she's amazing. Um, she's biked with me like the last few weeks, like Aww. has jogged easy with me like a few times. Um, so she's amazing. And then Rosie Santos. Um, oh, Rosie. I'll, yeah, she's the best. So she used to live in Boulder, uh, came out here to Phoenix. Um, she's not American, so wasn't at the trials. But um, she's actually the, the first person I synced up with uh, after I had kind of been away from the sport for a little bit. And she pulled me out of that. And she um, has just been like the best marathon mentor, like got me in such better shape with fueling, like is forcing gels down my throat. Like <laughs> she's like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Uh, she's like, don't, she's like, uh, there was one, one of my last long runs. I really wanted to get 22 miles in, but it was like sideways raining here. It was cold. Um, she's like, you don't need to get sick three weeks out, like cut it mm. to 18. And like, she's just so smart. Um, yeah. so between the three of us and our, gr- our group has kind of gotten bigger. Katrina, um, Spratford, uh, St- Sterling is in our group too. She ran at the trials, um, a few other amazing people, but we all basically like we're on a group chat and we're like, Hey, we're working out here. And then like somebody mm. will come and just do the warm up and an easy run. A few of us will like do the workout, but one person might have you know, part of it and then do their own thing. Like it's such a chill, no stress situation. And it's so great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been amazing. Mm, I know Rosie from back in the day. Cause Oh my gosh, I, she's so good. Yeah. <laughs> she's the best. Cause we both lived in Indianapolis and she yes. worked for Athletic Annex. Yeah. Yes. And I, wor- I worked for them. Yeah. So I've known Rosie since she was like 25. Oh my gosh. And she was like I'm... winning all the local races, you know, in Indianapolis, kind of like you were doing at the Pat Tillman yeah. race. <laughs> That is so funny. What a small world. Oh, I know. It's interesting, though, because I interviewed a lot of pros that, like, Rosie is weaved into their stories. Oh, yeah. I got to have Rosie on the podcast. I've been saying that for years. You should. And she's so funny. Yeah. Like, she's, so- she's so funny. She makes me laugh so hard. Her, like, like one-liners are so good. Her, like, sense of humor is just amazing. So I totally think right. I should <laughs> do it. Uh, you mentioned your goose though, and she helped you with your fueling. What was your fueling? Like, what did you take? I took, um, I kind of played with a lot of different things during training. Um, I luckily have a strong stomach, so, um, I can pretty much take whatever, but I tried Morton here and there. I tried, um, just like the normal goose, but those are too thick. Like, I don't like mm. a thick, something I have to like move around my mouth or like try and like partially chew. It's just not, not the vibe for me. Um, but I love the Gatorade gels, SIS I like. Anything that's like liquidy, um, I'm a fan of the flavors. I, I know some people don't like flavored anything, I, um, but I'm definitely a gel person. I don't do like the mix into water because I don't want to have to like force a certain amount of liquid down. Liquid. Like I'd rather take the gel, um, swash the water around to get the gel down and then take whatever I feel like I need from the water. Um, and then if it was hot, I was like, oh, I, I'll dump that on myself. Um, and if it was some sticky mess, right. whatever, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So, so yeah, that's basically, I had SIS and Gatorade during the race. Um, okay. A little mix of both. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So exciting. Um, okay. Well, we always wrap up here with end of podcast questions. And since you've never been on the podcast, we'll just do it like normal. Love it. Some of these post-race interviews are returning guests that I'm like, mm, can't ask you the same question yeah. twice, but I can ask like, you. got to mix it up. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, though, if there's anything else I wanted to ask you about your job. We're, I was going to say, um, were you, like, drawn to foster care work before, or was it like – I know you mentioned your mom. Yeah, I think it was more so trying to find um, the right way for me to, like, really be involved in the community – um, I think I was like a, like a keyboard warrior in a marketing job for a large company. And I just sure. didn't feel like I was making a difference. And, um, I actually, I've always kind of like talked to my mom about the nonprofit sector and she's always been in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of just like felt gravitated towards them and, um, I felt like I had things to offer that they maybe weren't like kind of taking into consideration from a marketing front. Um, so yeah, in terms of like the cause, like I was exposed to, to foster care and, and knew what the current state of, of everything was in, in Arizona and it wasn't great. Um, so yeah, I think I was actually, I think more initially drawn to the dog rescue side first. Um, okay. 
Uh, I just, I love dogs and we've always rescued dogs um, as a family, but they just didn't need that support Mm -hmm. on that side as much. Like I do marketing for them and and events, but they needed more like, um, like a strong executive director full time on the love up side. So I was like, you know what? Best of both worlds. I'll like get to do a little bit of both. Um, So it's been great. And I think somebody in the post, like in the mix zone asked you like about sponsorship stuff and you said something along the lines of it's got to be like a unique fit. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. T- tell us how you feel about that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's contracts out there. I don't know if they're still like this with like major reduction clauses and, yeah. um, you know, you run for this brand, you have to live here. You're tied to this many altitude stints. Like I, I want to be like, I want to feel like I'm owning my career and I'm my boss. And if, if it's a, if a brand is out there and is willing to work with an athlete who has that approach. Um, and I obviously like would always want to, to represent a brand and a team really well and, um, have fun doing that and be creative in how I do that. Um, but as far as like dictating the running stuff, like, I just feel like I'm at a point where you can't tell me what to do there Mm, anymore. mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't at this point, like, I don't, I would love a sponsorship. I think it'd be awesome, but I like, I don't need it to survive anymore and I'm lucky. Um, so, but I know there's brands out there who like, um, would see me as an asset and I would love to work with them. Um, so I might just like be the one to send the email and put myself in the conversation. Um, uh, I don't think great things come to those who just sit and don't mm. act. So I feel like I'm, I'm just trying to like craft what that messaging looks like and, and how to do that. But um, yeah, I've got like a, a fun special list, but who knows? Um, who knows what will happen? I feel like a lot of marketing budgets are already like, I know there's always wiggle room, but I feel like a lot of the allocations of marketing budgets are kind of done and dusted, like heading into, you know, February already. Oh, we're in February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're well into Q1. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I love how you like just talk about it with your marketing hat. Like you just know. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> I get it. I um, think brands are, are a lot of brands are moving in that direction though. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, and even like, I can tell having spent time around like the Brooks team this weekend and going to the Brooks house, like I can tell things are, are different there and so fun and so cool. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about where everything is. I haven't really been paying attention to it, to be honest. Um, the last few years up until like obviously this year, uh, but no, it makes me really excited. It makes me excited for the younger generation. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that young generations like do more homework than I did leaving college and have like conversations with pros. Don't be scared to like reach out to pros who have been in the world, you know, yeah. um, and find the right person to kind of be your compass and answer all the questions you have. Because um, I think I just thought there was one way to do it. And so I did that and I... Mm. Um, Wish I had just explored other options, you know? Yeah. Okay. Last question before end of podcast. I, I keep thinking of more, but. No, I love it. Are you, are you going to stick with self-coach? Um, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of pros to having a coach. I think somebody looking at you um, objectively and seeing you work out and like, like I can't tell what my body language is saying. I can't mm. tell, you know, how I look walking into a track or like. I, I'm not scientific. Like science is my mm. least favorite. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I'm not coming at it with like, I mean, I do as much reading and as I can. Um, and there's like the bread and butter stuff of marathon training where it's like, okay, I know what you should be able to, to do and execute on to run well, but it would have to be the, like, if I was going to work with somebody that was going to give, um, input on my training, it would have to be somebody that's looking at it like a complete partnership and not mm. like, here's your training plan. Like, tell me how the workout goes. Like that's, I, I don't want that. I also don't want to text somebody every day about how the run fell. Yeah. And like, oh my God, I'm not there anymore. So it would have to take a special person. Um, I think I'm okay right now, but I like, who's to say, like, I think having a coach is extremely important um, in so many aspects. I just was in a place of life where I was so tired from trying to like maintain fitness through the pandemic. And I was working with my amazing high school coach who would like brought me back to PR in the 3k and the 5k on the track. 
And we had to like, can't obviously New York got canceled, but he's like, all right, let's just try and stay fit. And like, I remember doing a, a K repeat workout and I was running like slower than <laughs> some of my easy runs. Like, like now, like it was just backwards and I, my head wasn't in it. And I just thought I needed to take the pandemic to like become a great marketer and mm. enjoy moving in with my boyfriend, like now husband and all this stuff. So yeah, long story short, um, I, yeah, I'd be open to it, but it would have to be like the right person. Um, and it would, again, like look probably different than what they're used to. <laughs> Send over your resumes. No oh, gosh. <laughs> what, what, what mile, how many miles per week did you peak out at? I think 72 was my highest. Wow. Week. Really? I know. I know. There's like some weeks where wow. like my long run was a, a third of my, my mileage almost. So that's interesting. Yeah, I know. I feel like that is interesting. <laughs> that's not, low. I mean, there's a few yeah. low mileage, but I mean, you don't hear much yeah. going under a hundred these days, especially mm -hmm. with the super shoes. What shoes did you wear? Oh my gosh. The questions keep the, coming. <laughs> I wore the vapor, um, uh, the, th the third generation vapor flies. Okay. Yeah. I liked them. Um, I, w I would actually be open to trying like different shoes. Though. I've heard great things about other shoes, like the Puma shoes. I've heard knockout things, Asics. Puma um, shoes I did well on Saturday. Puma did well. Um, <laughs> can't lie with that. And then the Brooks shoes, I, I went by the Brooks house to get a yeah free pair of shoes because they were giving them out to qualifiers. That was so cool and very smart. Yeah. That is smart. Um, so smart. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to like dabble. I'm going to, I mean, obviously like I'm not going to go buy like eight yeah. pairs of $300 shoes, but I feel like, like the brands should just send them to you really. But, but I'm curious to try some if that opportunity presents itself, because I've heard, I think the shoe technology has gotten so great in the marathon and on the track too. So very cool. Wow. Okay. What's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you have not done yet? professional or personal these are in the um, pod questions now <laughs> so okay good okay so I went to Chamonix um I know people who speak French natively are gonna <laughs> hate, hate me for how I just said that Chamonix uh a few Septembers ago and I I did um a run with my husband but I really like bucket list is to do like a multi-day refugio to refugio run um either in the Swiss Alps or the French Alps um We've talked about that like ever since then, like that's bucket list. So that's one thing. Nice. <laughs> Personal. What's the best, most recent book you've read? Oh gosh. I was on a huge Colleen Hoover kick for oh, like yeah. a while. Um, so I think the last one I read of hers was Verity, which is uh -huh. like the one that everybody talks yeah. about. I'm basic. So uh -huh. I'll go with that for now. Um, but I'm definitely going to try and do a lot more reading. Um, that's actually one of my like resolutions this year. So Okay, have you read Demon Copperhead? No. You put it oh, on I your next book. I'm typing it in right Especially now. Especially if you're you work in the foster care yes in system. Not I don't know how how do you describe you work in the foster care? Um, I'm like adjacent to it. I'm not adjacent. Like, yeah, like we're in the the world. We work with um other organizations who really yeah. work with uh like group homes and yeah. are actively like directly working with foster youth, but we're kind of, you know, we're right in the yeah. mix, but we're not like talking to those, um, the youth and the group homes like every day. Like we kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a hard read. Like it's, it is definitely, there's some sad moments in yeah. it, but man, it is like probably top three favorite book I've ever read. And I just finished wow. it last month. Okay. It so I just added good. it. Yeah. Oh, I'm it excited. is really good. I mean, it's big, but I think you'll, yeah, no, I think I'm, you'll read it pretty quick. Yeah. Now you've got downtime. You can take a little downtime. That's, That's so great. true. Uh, what's your last message coming off this this race and this experience? Um, like my my two cents. Um, I think it is totally okay to do things your way. I think that's the message. Um, and if you're somebody that has tried to fit into a mold and it just has never like um, and your gut felt right, like listen to your gut and try and figure out what your perfect recipe for success and ultimately like happiness is. Um, and it's okay. Like being like, like looking out for yourself and being your own best advocate 
and best friend is like not being selfish. Like there's ways to go around it, like about it where it's like, yes, um, like do it in a way that you'll be proud of looking back on when you stand up for yourself and advocate for what you want. But it's like, that's not selfish to, to figure out what you want and then do it that way. Um, and I think like marrying my husband is probably the best thing I could have ever done to realize that because he is like totally like to the beat of his own drum, doesn't want to be like any, like doesn't want a, anybody to be his boss, wants to be his own boss, um, started his own company. And I think some of that is rubbed off on me because it's just like the way we are trying to like, you know, we're, we're very early married, but, um, like we're only two years in, but it's just kind of like our motto is to like do it our way. Um, so yeah, I think that would be my message just like in general. Do it your way. I love it. And it's never too late. I think too, like a lot of professional athletes feel like when they sign a contract or they join a team, like they're trapped. And I, I get that like some contracts probably feel that way. And like legally it, it would be tough to like get out of that situation, but I feel like it's okay to try something and like put yourself in a new situation and not like it. And I think like you can't focus too much on what people are going to say or type about you on the internet or on these like forums or whatever, um, like get out while you can the minute it doesn't feel right. Because I think I like, and not even just in running, like I stayed in a job I hated for two years. <laughs> um, and I'm like, why did I waste time doing that? Um, and it's just, yeah, I think that would be my advice too. That's great advice. Thank you, Jess. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining today. I'm having so much fun with these post trials interviews. We are just having a blast with these hearing from the athletes, learning more about their stories. And y'all should definitely go follow Jess on Instagram. She's Jess Ton, T-O-N-N over there. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hines 626. I'd love to connect with you. You can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Check out our amazing sponsor, Hug. Go to H-U-U-G.co, hug.co. Use the code Lindsay15 for $15 off your order of $110 or more. Go be comfortable with the best bra ever. All right, friends, we will see you next time. We'll see you this Friday on I'll Have Another.